So what was your high school like? Did you have uh, junior high with high school? No, no, no. We had middle school and then high school. Okay, so in my middle school, we were with the high school because wow. I went to a private school. So in seventh grade, we got to see the seniors, and we were all sometimes in the same events and stuff. There's these two seniors who get up at the end of the year because they're doing like the senior farewell or whatever. Sure. And they get up in front of the whole entire gym full of high school kids and obviously us in junior high. And I'm in seventh grade. And they start singing that Michael W. Smith song, Friends Are Friends Forever. Friends are friends forever. And it was a train wreck because they started crying <laughs> like two words into the song. And, you know, this is the old days where like they press the tape recorder and the song comes on like blaring over the, you know, the loudspeakers. So the speakers. song's still going and they're just sobbing. <laughs> It's like it's like karaoke, but someone punched you in the face. It'd be interesting to know if they're st- they actually are still friends. <laughs> you know that would be interesting to know. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections and into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, where we discern without the burn, where we confess without the mess. (laughs) And what are we confessing today, Nate? Well, let's talk about friendship because that's what the story was or lack thereof. And I think this is a big topic right now because I tell you what, I read more articles about us being happy and us not having friends and it being harder in your 30s and all this different stuff. Right, right, right. And it all comes back to friendship and Facebook and, and digital connection and all this stuff. And I think, man, what is friendship? Can we even tackle this in one podcast? Probably not, but we're going to try. But first, a bit of house cleaning. I was made aware by several people that in our first episode, uh, The Other Side, I mispronounced the word vehemently. I I think I said vehemently. I've heard it said both ways. But I think it's vehemently, and I probably was just, my mind was going somewhere else, and I, I saw the H and pronounced it. In my head. Oh man! So I just—I really want to apologize to someone. All you. Trolled you about using it the wrong way. I huh? want to vehemently apologize to all you people uh, as I ramble. Um, yeah. I've been told by my wife that I'm coming off uptight. So sorry. I think I think we're doing better. Let's be honest. What does your well, wife say about my side? She does. She she thinks you're very natural and a funny guy. She she thinks I'm not being as normal or funny as I normally am. I, I'm sort of being an MC. Hey, you know what? You got to pick up a lot of slack because. I'm the dodo on the end of this podcast, so <laughs> you get you just get to do you. I'm trying to do me. We'll get better. We're not broadcast right. dudes. We're 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 music band dudes. So yeah. Um, thirdly, not. this podcast, like most podcasts, is free, and we want to keep it listener supported. Um, some of you have already seen our Patreon, which is p a t r e o n dot com, uh, where you can pledge monthly to help us. Uh, keep the lights on so to speak um you get extra bonus content we're going to be posting some episodes and extra interview stuff on there uh at one dollars a month you get that access uh five or more you get we will thank you on a podcast episode it's kind of a fun way to sort of interact and support us so fivers don't we yes we do um special thanks to christian bruins joe moore 
And uh, since there's only four of you, uh, we've already mentioned my mom in one episode. Uh, the other one is Alexander Layton. Anybody who uh, who backs us at this point, backs us, supports us, is a patron of us, um, will probably say your name. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So we really appreciate it. Um, go to Patreon. How do I get there, Matt? Patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls. And we'll, we'll be adding some, some exclusive content and some cool stuff for people who want to help support us on a monthly basis. So a dollar cool. is is awesome. We'll take a dollar. Yeah, because whatever. I didn't even know about Patreon until I started this. Kind of like a ongoing Kickstarter. Just kind of help throw out a yeah, dollar or two. It's a way to get entertainment, content, media without going through traditional channels of you know advertisers and sponsors. And that's sort of... Uh, I think traditionally for, for people who are in radio or podcasting, you would sell spots to sponsors and technically the sponsors are the audience in that regard. But this is a way to sort of bypass that and have listeners help support what they want um, to hear. So we're happy to have one. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Don't Feed the Trolls. All right. And we'll do some emails next. Don't read the trolls. All right. Are we, are um, we getting trolled, date? Dude, we're getting trolled every once in a while. Sometimes people drop some real mean stings on those emails but for now we're good you know steve a said i find myself looking forward to the next episode that ain't trolling oh that's uh, awesome thanks steve steve's just sitting there waiting for his feed burner to burn him up you know what i mean clay r says enjoying the podcast hashtag hash without the trash wow is that like no stems no seeds or something i don't know i like it's a hashtag with a hash after the hashtag too many hashes Sarah B says, Matt and Henry. Who's Henry? You, that's your last name. I guess that's me. I'm Henry. Henry the Eighth. I'll take it. Imagine trying to hide your body in the hot as hell Brazilian summer. Uh, and that was, I'm, I'm assuming that was in regards to our Modesty podcast. Yeah. And that's, that's good. We're getting some knowledge from uh, what Modesty looks like. She, she, she left us a long email about uh, Brazilian culture and how that yeah. works. So. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Thanks for sharing, Sarah. You put me in that Brazilian sun. I just wipe that place up. People be <laughs> diving in the bushes from Do they have reflection. lobster in Brazil? Oh. <laughs> I'm the guy that covers up in the hot sun. You know what I mean? Put a blanket over me and I'll bury myself under the sand. Anyway, Buzzy emailed us just with Buzzy. Cool I name. came because Matt is one of my favorite artists and I left tastefully better informed. Oh, thanks, Buzzy. Well, that's why I have Nate here to better inform you. He's just... He's just creating a nice buzz there. <laughs> We're just feeling good. Buzz, spread the word. Get the buzz going. We appreciate you, Buzzy. So the question is, of all the people in America, adult, white, heterosexual men, that's us, Nate, by the way, oh. uh, have the fewest friends why is that ah it's <laughs> tough i don't know is there some kind of uh stats or research on this there's tons of stats and research um i mean i read damn articles all the time well says, first why hey, is it are you white adult and heterosexual yes. you're a lonely sad bastard <laughs> i go thanks facebook feed but we oh. would agree we would agree in some regard it is hard to have friends today isn't it being, oh, how, man. you always say I'm a 35 year old, but I know you're not 35. How old are you? I'm 35. Are you seriously 35? Yeah. I didn't. I look young. I did not know that you were that that much older than me. I'm only 32. 
bring a little wisdom to the podcast. That's that's I appreciate that. As a 35 yeah. year old, how hard is it to make and maintain friendships, Nate? You know, it's real hard because all the articles have like these things in common where they say, you know, you make all your friends in high school and college right? because you have all this extra time to spend with each other. So when Mm -hmm. you get in your mid-30s and you move and you have these life experiences, uh, it's really hard, especially with Facebook and the digital connection. Like, I wonder what it was like 30 years ago when people were in their 30s. I don't know. But now I think we have this sort of fake construct of connection. Right. So we're like double lonely. Like we're lonely on Facebook because we're just reaching out trying to feel this connection of friendship. And then we're also in this stage in our life where however many years people have been feeling lonely in their mid thirties because it's just hard to divide your time. Well, when you have a family and you have kids and if you don't make concerted efforts, it's not like you're sitting around in a dorm room and there's nothing better to do but hang out. Or, you know, when you, when you live as a, in a bachelor pad with your friends, you can, it's all about the social aspect of things. And we have friends who are bachelors who, who, text us occasionally and they're like hey man you want to go do something and we're like we can you hit me up a week ahead of time so i can put it on the calendar exactly (laughs) it's just harder to schedule things why is it important to have for for us i mean no one's going around going you white white male Americans, americans woe is you so i in in some sense i go okay yeah adult white heterosexual men don't really need a lot of um attention in the media or yeah. You know, we're doing okay, but it is it is kind of sad. I mean, at least for me being one that um that we do struggle to have friends and why is it important for us to have friends? Why is it important to have friends if you have a family and kids and a wife and like why does it matter? There's health benefits both physically and probably mentally. Uh there's a lot of research that says that if you are socially isolated, you're twice as likely to die from heart disease. Um, Twice is like solid social circle. Yeah, and uh, your mental health probably goes out the window if, if your heart goes out the window. We don't even need a scientist to tell us nothing about that. We can figure <laughs> that out. You know what I'm saying? But you have a better immune system. You have less cardiovascular uh, activation, reduces right. stress. There's all these things that like go way down when you have good friends, and even more so than spouse, children, parents, siblings. Uh, I'm, I'm reading a stat here by sociologist Rebecca Adams who says friendship is more strongly correlated with happiness than relationships with a spouse, children, parents, or siblings. So friendship is the most important relationship that you can have when in regards to happiness, your own happiness. Hmm. So I guess we're saying we're lonely, we want friends, we don't have them, therefore we're unhappy. But you see friends all day long. You see friends. Instagram and you see Twitter and you see, you know what I'm saying? You're constantly kind of bombarded with your friends and photos, right? but you're not engaging with those people. Like, uh, I read this really good article. It's uh, on the New York Times. It said, friends of a certain age, why it's hard to make friends over 30. And so it's all these stories of these people in like their late 40s or their, even their 50s. And one guy's like, my wife and I got a divorce. I go to salsa dancing and then I ask dudes, hey, you want to go get a drink? He's not even trying to pick up on women. He's just like trying to find guy friends. Like desperate like, for male friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's like 50. He's like, he's like successful in his, his life in terms of his career and stuff. Um, and that's what's interesting is all these successful people in their careers right. are lonely as hell. Right. Hi, I'm Dr. Seabrew. What's special report on living on your lonesome? You gonna live alone like I do? Well, guess what? There's stuff you can do to make it not be so awful. You remember going to camp for like one week or two weeks in the summer? 
And those, I worked at a camp, so yeah. I, I did. I got both sides of that, right? And those you know? deep, deep relationships you create in just, in just a short amount of time because of the schedule and because of how much time you're spending with each other, yeah. And because of the activities you're doing, I mean, that's what the road does. When you're with a band and you're traveling, you're staying. You know, the other bands mm. in the bill, they're st- we're staying at the same hotel rooms, and you know, we're hanging out backstage and we're getting into trouble together, and we're going here yeah. and there, and we're all together, and then the tour ends it's like you know like everyone can't wait to get home <laughs> exactly but but it's 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 almost like a fake a hallucination or something yeah it definitely doesn't feel like it was real and i think that's why people tend to have this like love hate relationship with the road sociologists have been saying there's three things that makes close friends one is those one is proximity yeah so you get that proximity on tour you're constantly oh, near each other you're constantly hanging out but the second the second two are harder to get Repeated unplanned interactions. Unplanned. That's hard to like, do when you have a family. It's hard to do on tour. Everything's planned out. Yeah, you know what I mean, like true. you're at the show at this time. You're out. You're you're gone. You're and then you're driving all. It's just the same thing over and over again. Right. Um, like, I mean, do how, you want to go to Starbucks or do you want to go to Pete's Coffee? Is the only unplanned act- activity. Right. You know? Right. Before the sound check <laughs> or whatever. But what? Yeah. I'm just wondering. Like, it, it's almost impossible to have unplanned hangouts as an adult with a wife and kids. Like, I mean, maybe you're maybe you're in a softball league. I I just I'm just trying to wonder. Like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how do you how do you do that? I wonder if like we all lived on the beach in Costa Rica and we didn't live in a materialistic society. Right. Where we would have more unplanned interactions. It's or, probably why America is number one in like heart disease and stress and death. And I remember being in Europe for for many months on tour and stuff. It, they shut down right from like two o'clock to six o'clock. Right. And then middle of the day, like yeah. nothing was open. We're yeah. like, where the hell is everybody? But 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 family they're structure happier. and what are they doing yeah, during those four exactly. hours? We live in an individualistic culture, a single family everything, right? We Everybody has yes. their own car, so they drive uh-huh. to work in silence in their own isolated space. They have their own cubicle or their own yep. office or their own desk, and there's no – there's the sense of community. We're all, just, we're all just looking through the windows of our phones at everyone else having this fun time yeah. in our isolation. And culturally – that individualism that that that's kind of what built a lot of america people just stepping up and and be and, and going out you know into the desert into the wilderness to redefine some industry or tech or you know to to express their ingenuity in some way and yeah. um, and so there's benefits to that individualism and that idea that any any single person can go out out and be their own individual and they don't need anybody but then there is the the flip side where you're lonely well, I remember, I think it was in Outliers when he was talking about it was either a, like the Italian district in New York where they were the healthiest right. and they smoke and drank more than anybody. There was this element of right when you have uh, extremely close social circles and you're laughing, right. it actually makes you healthier. Yeah, so, that's that's crazy. Um, remember I that? Read, I read this Salon.com article where uh, Lisa Wade writes, having a friend to whom you can disclose your feelings is a major determinant of well-being. Mm-hmm. People with friends are healthier. They're less likely to get common colds, to develop fatal coronary disease, so less heart attacks, to develop physical impairments or reductions in brain functioning as they age. P- 
people with friends are more likely to survive the death of a spouse without any permanent loss of vitality. And wow. medical doctor Dean Ornish explains, I am not aware of any other factor, not diet, not smoking, not exercise, not stress, not genetics, not drugs, not surgery, that has a greater impact on our incidence of illness and chance of premature death than friendship. Wow. I mean, like, seriously, like, you can smoke, drink, sit around, eat whatever you want. Essentially, if you have really, really good friendships, you're going to be about even with everybody else who does those things. Man, so, that's amazing. doesn't do those things. So That's what you're saying about, like, this Italian district where, like, people are just, you know, they're smoking and drinking tons of wine, and they're not caring about their health, but they're laughing right. more than everybody. Right. Like, stress will kill you, and it yeah. seems to... To suggest that if you don't have friends, you're stressed out. Right. There's it more of actually a is killing right? you. And that's yeah. what Lisa says in her in her article. A friend with whom you can disclose your feelings. Having close friends to do that with on a daily or regular basis is a, is a form of therapy. Or if you if you go back before psychology started, I was talking about this uh, recently with a friend of mine. You know, confession, Catholic confession. For for thousands yeah. of years, people would you know go into the confession booth. And confess their deep, dark secrets and sins to a priest and walk out feeling better. I mean, be forgiven. The priest says, you're forgiven, and I see you, and yeah. I hear you, and you're fine. Go say the Hail Marys. And they go, and they do that, and they feel better. And that's a psychological benefit. It's more of a like, physical practice right. than it's it a is psycho- a spiritual practice. Right. I mean, it's the same thing with Scientology. They go into the reading. They say all these things. They they feel weightless, and they go external or whatever. It's because they're confessing. There's a psycho- psychological benefit to that that you get in a deep, real friendship where you can share and expose yourself and be vulnerable, and that person. Still and that's the you. third point that the sociologist made is that you have to have a setting that encourages people to let their guard down and confide in each other. Right. And I think that is sort of the the, the hardest part is that in our digital age we don't do that anymore. It says the friends that are orbiting the farthest reaches of your digital galaxy aren't the ones that matter when it comes to your health and happiness. So. Right. You want to be healthy, you want to be happy, but we often forget that it's not all 800 friends on Facebook. Actually, there's a number. Um, there's a number, it's called the Dunbar's number. Ah, I've heard your, of this before, yeah. Your brain can only handle a small figure. Right. Your brain can, can't hold a close connection with more than 150 people. Right. So just imagine that in the age of Facebook. I have 3,500 <laughs> friends, friends on Facebook. Are you telling me they're not my real friends, Nate? But the average person probably has 400, 500 people on Facebook that they're sure. connected to. But it's but according to Dunbar's number, you actually four you times cannot hold a connection with more than 150. And within 150, he says, your closest 15 relationships, including family members, are the most crucial when it comes to your mental and physical huh. health. So typically... If you and I are thinking, okay, we want happiness in life. We really right. want to get to this place. We only need 15 people. Yeah. 15 followers on Twitter. You'd feel like an absolute failure. <laughs> but imagine if you could tweet to 15 people and be stoked. Yeah. Because you saw those people at the end of the day. Right. So it didn't matter. Yeah. Or when the, when the uh, Italian cafe closed down for, from 2 to 6... You're hanging out with 15 people. Right. You're happy. Because of the proximity thing with with bands and bandmates on the road, I sort of just expected everybody to hang out. And then I was sort of bitter when people didn't just naturally 
you, you had to be more uh, intentional about your your hangs and whatnot. And even today, like it's so easy for me to be like, oh, I just I just want to hang out with my wife or my kids. That's an age thing too. That's where we are age wise. If you were twenty years old, you'd be hanging with people. Well, I know because the excess time that you have on your hands, and then yeah. the proximity. I mean, if you're not married or living with a spouse, uh, you're obviously you're living with roommates, and you're having more social, you know, interactions. But how do we fix it? It's hard to fix because as you get older, your um, expectations goes up. All the manipulators are out. All the drama queens are out. All the egomaniacs are out. Right. And a lot of people just don't make the cut anymore. I've had to cut a few friendships out of my life because I got to a place where I was just like, I don't feel like this person has my best interest in mind anymore. Huh. And I feel like it's a drain on me. So I had to make that hard decision of saying, I might be lonelier because of this, right. but I can't continue to have this drain on me. Right. So I have to make this tough decision. And this article, uh, Why It's Hard to Make Friends After 30, said after 30, people often experience internal shifts in how they approach friendships. Self-discovery gives way to self-knowledge. And so you become pickier about whom you surround yourself with. The bar is higher than when we were younger and we were willing to meet almost anybody for a margarita. <laughs> so, so there is this psychological shift. If, if you're 20 years old and you're listening to this podcast, you're probably more likely to meet with somebody that, Matt, you and I would want to go out and have a margarita with. <laughs> now you see people and you can read them better like i understand i understand personalities i understand human psyche and so i can become more cynical when i meet somebody i go ah it's just that person is like this and like that whereas when you're 20 years old it seems like everybody's a cool person like you're just you don't see uh -huh. the personality disorders in people. You don't you don't recognize them as harmful because you haven't been harmed. So you sort of have this endless grace for new people. And if someone's sarcastic and funny, they can be the coolest person in the world. Ten years later, you go, wow, that person was a terrible manipulator and like ruined everything. But you wouldn't see it when you're young. So you have all this grace. And I think it's that naive perspective is helpful. <laughs> for making friends which is why you make a lot of your friends in high school and college yeah you become hardened by your experiences right you develop more of a fatalistic view of friendship you have this like godfather mentality maybe like you either in or you're out right Cut you out you right. know what i mean and that's kind of a lot of things the article says you're just more keenly aware of you know your own capacity to get disappointed and i feel that a lot i just get disappointed yeah. easier and i don't want to put myself out there the number of americans who say they have no close friends has tripled in recent decades that's Whoa. interesting to me Whoa. like why is it why is it happening more and more and more um, right uh, i think it's the digital galaxy of friendship it's i think as be, like yeah. in some ways you don't realize that like we're lonelier because we are trying to have more connection. Isn't that weird? Right. Also, like, I, I think just a gender normative sense of masculinity that culture perpetuates is that men don't reflect feminine traits. So girls are more vulnerable and soft and gentle and sensitive. And those things lead to better friendships. But when you turn 16, you go, I can't be vulnerable anymore. I have to be a man now. And that actually see, hurts your friendships. And here's Madonna, right? She does an interview with Pitchfork. And she says, when I think about popular culture now, 
I can't help but think that we're living in the age of loneliness. There's this illusion that we all have instant access to each other, but we actually have no real connection. Right. So that's a female saying it. So I don't right. know if it's a male-female problem. Because I would say that I was the male that had a lot of friends. And I, at this point in my life, I feel like maybe this is just a life thing. Like yeah. you just get to a place. Have you seen that TV show, Master of None by Aziz Ansari? Uh, Christy watched it when I was on tour and then was like, I don't want to watch it. So, But yeah, well, continue. Sorry. So like last night, I was watching like the third or fourth episode. And it gets this episode where Aziz is like in New York and he's kind of complaining. He's like, I sent a text to her three days ago. She hasn't got back to me. What's wrong with people these days? You know what I mean? (laughs) And he's in New York. He's on the street corner and he's kind of has this fun night with this girl. And she's like, oh, my boyfriend and I are kind of hanging out again. Sorry. And the camera pans back and he's just on the street corner alone. (laughs) And the music's playing. I'm like... I think he feels that way. I really do. I really oh, feel like Aziz feels lonely in his own life, and he's making a TV show about how sure. lonely we are, even in New York with 9 million people surrounding right. you. So what is that loneliness? Well, how I mean, it goes back to through that? our episode on success is the idea that it, once you achieve a – I mean, he's, he's achieved stardom in a lot of ways. He's, he's achieved financial success. You know, he's set. He's doing well. He's, he's top of his game. And I think that being juxtaposed with um, the lack of real friendship or connection creates even more loneliness. So at least we have the hope that someday we'll be fulfilled by some level of success, which is false. But he doesn't even have that hope. You know, he's sitting there on a street corner going, I've got everything I, I should want. But what I really want is to be some poor Italian family where grandma, grandpa live with us. And all the grandchildren are in the same house, and there's some level of connection yeah. and community, and that's the thing that we 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 lose and we miss in our culture specifically because we just don't we don't value it as a culture. We value yeah. success. We value getting things done. We don't value that connection or that accountability to our family or to our friends. I've been reading a lot of these articles on Medium.com, which is a way that people can blog. It's really cool. Uh, Nir Eyal, um, he is a guy that lives in New York, wrote this article called Happiness Hack. This one ritual made me much happier. And, of course, I love Hmm. one things that work. (laughs) So I click on all those articles. (laughs) But um, it's all about friendship. And he said um, he uses the Jewish word kibbutz, which is gathering and he said, committing to my kibbutz had, has had the biggest impact on my happiness over the past year. Here's how our group works. Hmm. It's, a, it's adult friendship. So they book the time. They reserve time on the calendar. It's regular. You meet every two weeks, and then they go deep. They talk about a meaningful topic that strengthens the bonds. Get past the shallow small talk. Um, hmm. Different member brings the question of the day. So anyways, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. And then you... You commune on a deeper level. And the other thing he says is don't let kids derail you. So children benefit from seeing you model a healthy adult friendship. Tell the kids they can listen or participate. They can't interrupt. When you put the work in and actually commit to the gathering and commit to not letting the kids derail it, you know, you're welcome to be a part of my life. I'm not going to let you dictate what I do. That type of mentality when it comes to parenting. I think that we see like a, a really good benefit. 
Have you, did you see that documentary, God Grew Tired of Us? No. I heard this documentary for for a while about these these boys in Africa that came over here and got like jobs in America. Oh, right, 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 right. The refugees. I think I do remember seeing at least part of that. Uh, very interesting. The idea that like they had everything as far as like physically. Yes. You know, they're in the wealthiest country in the world, but they're they're missing this like incredible connection to their culture and their people and their family and their heritage that is just bankrupt. You just don't have that where we are, you know? You have material yeah. things, uh, but you yes. don't have the, the, the interpersonal relationship aspect. Yeah, and I think I remember being a kid. I remember being really young, and I remember Sunday nights were some of my favorite nights because it was like 3 o'clock, the whole family was together, we were sitting in the family room, everyone's doing their homework. And as a kid, that was probably the most relaxing time because like, we're all together. And we're all just here. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to be. We're here. There's no busyness of American life taking us here or there. We're just right. together. And then as soon as my siblings got older, started getting into the like the rat race of life. Right. There was this age where I was probably like 10 or 11. I got real depressed. I remember feeling like, where's my family? Right. Where's my sisters and brothers? I miss them. Yeah. They're not here. And it sucked. It sucked so bad. Like I, I think on a macro level, that's what those kids felt when they came to America. Sure. Like, wait, we, back in Africa, we were all together all the time. Yeah. And we didn't have a whole lot, but we do sure have, were happier. Do you have those um, nostalgic feelings with the band too? Like, as your band family, like when when you were starting out and you were connected, there was a special feeling with all of that that we just don't have anymore. And there's times where my, you know, my band is on mm. a text chain or whatever together. Just one of us will text each other and just be like, you can, you can just feel the, the longing or the nostalgia in the text. Like, man, I miss hanging out and I miss doing this and I miss doing that. There's a sort of a longing and a nostalgia for that connection, but there's, there's no real practical way to get there again, you know, or to get something like yeah. it. And that's the thing is like, what do you do? Like, how do you create community that's valuable and friendships that, that will literally save your life? I mean, scientifically speaking, medically speaking, people with good friends have a 22 to 60% lower chance of dying over a 10-year period. How do, we, how do we combat it? I mean, everybody else is, you know, all the other medical stuff. You can take drugs. You can exercise. You can do whatever. How do you fix this lack of friendship? If you're not religious, just listen to me here and, and kind of piece this together. So Jesus, you know, the man's man of every man, the best man to walk the earth, chose 12 guys. Right. He didn't choose 35 dudes. Right. He just poured into a, a couple guys. And even in, the, in that group, there were still some guys that kind of felt on the outside a little bit, obviously. But if you're Jesus and you have the ability to really, like, understand where everyone's coming from, you can say the best thing you need to say to that specific person, and you can still only handle 12 dudes. Right. And I'm not saying he wasn't close to other people because right. he has family. And, but I'm just saying, like, it's important to me there's a small number. And I think yeah. in this generation, man, we don't want to leave the 99 for the one. Right. We don't want to do that. We, we don't want to focus. We want to please everybody. We want to have everybody. And we don't, you know, investing in just a few seems like we want a mutual fund. <laughs> you know, we do want a mutual fund. We want to spread it, spread it thin. 
but that's not really helping, right? It's not really getting us to where we need to be as far as depth. Yeah, I mean, look at the people at the top of the chain. Look at what they're tweeting. Look at what they're writing. Look at the Madonnas. Look at the owner of, right. of Minecraft. Look at the Kanye's. Yeah. They're just like desperate yeah, lonely. shooting this stuff into the abyss. Right. And, and, and yet, what do we all want to be? Them. Right? <laughs> and we're like, wait a minute. That's, that's like a death sentence. Yeah, why Literally. do we want the thing that's going to kill us? You know, the thing that's going to just bankrupt us emotionally. Why do we want that so much? What we should want is the third world family structure that brings a smile to your face. I remember going to Haiti a couple months before the earthquake uh, hit. Yeah. And just just going just going into these villages and playing soccer with these kids who were just beaming bright smiles. Like so mm. happy that we're there and so happy with I mean we could have a soccer ball or a balloon They'd play with it for hours and I know their life was hard and they had to struggle to find food and they had to struggle against poverty and lawlessness and injustice but there was a sense of happiness and I can't help but attribute it to the connection that they had with people in their community and with each other and I, you know, I left there sort of longing for that. I think when they say you have the, the mountaintop experience, you're experiencing some a little bit of heaven. And it's not like, oh, we're going to sit around and sing praises all day. It's like, no, we're all together. We're all alive. We're all present. Right. We're all happy. We're all doing activities and playing games and laughing and experiencing joy. Like, that's what life's supposed to be about. Right. And, and then you go back into the suburbs and you're driving in your car and there's smog everywhere and people are road rage and school sucks and bills are mountain it's like right ah like that's not the life you and i were designed to live that's what we created for ourselves right so i think yeah i'm some generic psychologist i would say number one stop living a materialistic bullshit life (laughs) stop it's good advice right (laughs) like get out of it if you own a five thousand square foot house that's doing nothing for you but keeping you at work all day long yeah sell the fucker Sell it. I'm telling you. It's not bringing you happiness. Right. If you own a 5,000 square foot house and every Wednesday night you invite 10 friends over and you have dinner together and you have a great space to host and communicate and commune, then don't sell it because that's what matters. Like there's a lot of people with good open spaces and big houses that everyone has this idea like oh then we could host parties and then they never they never actually use it for a community which could fit inside of it it's like why do the micro house villages like are those things that are like sure. oh man all these people bought these micro homes yeah. and they all live in this two acre yeah. why because they all have more time what we're right. what we're saying in this podcast is cleaning the more time you have yeah. the happier you are well there's because time what do you do with that time it's time and proximity that's what creates a great friendship or a relationship exactly so they this so they strip out all the time they would be maintaining cleaning updating whatever a giant feet. house 
And they strip mm-hmm. that out, get a tiny home, and they park it right next to somebody else in a tiny home. And there you have time, both time and proximity to live in community, yep. which is going to further your lifespan, which is far yes. more important than furthering your square footage. So exactly. I yeah. guess what we're and, saying is- And that's is, the thing. Commitment to getting yourself more time. You right. have to work at getting yourself more time. Right. So it's being less materialistic. And I would say number two is buying yourself more time. Right. And the way to do that is to simplify your life. Sure. Is to get rid of all the shit around you. Absolutely. And buy yourself more time. I'm going to make a commitment right here on this podcast Boom. to try to put on the calendar at least bi weekly or monthly a gathering, a kibbutz, uh, just a gathering of friends where we get together and we, we talk about meaningful topics try to strengthen bonds and have healthy friendships. And if you don't commit to that, when you have kids, they can derail that. You got to make a commitment to it. And so I'm, hmm. I think we're going to do it. I think I'm going to talk That's to a, right, couple, everybody. a couple friends and see if we can get something on the, you know, we'll get babysitters, we'll do whatever it takes and we'll get together and we'll just have community again. You know, I think it's just super important. And everybody out there, remember, hashtag commitment to kibitz. Kibitz or Matt McDonald. Commitment to kibitz. But here's kibitz. And that's the third thing. Number three is limit that kibitz to fifteen people. Right? right? If people take your kibitz party and say, "Oh, this isn't very fun," you say, "Get out of here! Yeah. Get out of my kibitz!" <laughs> right? Because it's because they don't want it, dude. They want the five thousand square feet and they want eight hundred friends. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. just have to decide, like, look, we're starting a revolution here. Right. With 15 people. Right. And I think that's that's how you do it, man. We solved the problem I think we on this figured, I think we figured it out. Don't let the lack of friendship kill you. Commit. Yes. And we're talking mostly to men, but everybody as well. If yeah. you find yourself lonely, create community. Everyone else is lonely. We're all lonely. We're all, we all feel the same thing. Someone wants you to reach out and make a commitment Even Madonna. to them. Even Madonna. That's kind of what we're saying. Let's Let's get better. And it's not about wasting time. Put your phone in the other room and focus on those 15 people, and I think we'll be happier. As Nir says, in our group, a different member brings the question of the day to each meeting. And the question should be something that allows people to get past small talk and go deep. And that's the point. When you go deep, when you have that confession time, when you have that therapeutic uh, release, that's the thing that creates deep connection. It's that vulnerability that we need to have. With friends, not just family, not just spouse, kids, whatever, parents. It's it's the friendship with the other, the people who are outside of your bloodline, exposing yourself to them. That's where the benefit comes, psychologically, medically, and all that. Well, with that, I think we're good. Thank you for listening to Don't Feed the Trolls. Um, we love talking about friendship. As always, we probably didn't touch on a number of very interesting things. So please give us an email at don't email the trolls at gmail.com or visit us at trollspodcast.com. You can fill out a little uh, contact form there and we get those emails. We read everything. Also, um, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls. I think that's it. Yeah. Right? Isn't it? Thanks so much for giving us feedback. We appreciate it. Everything that's been coming in. We've been getting lots of good feedback from friends, families, grandmothers. We love it. Twitter, <laughs> Facebook. All these things, people asking us questions about, hey, why are you using that Jay-Z song on your podcast? Are you allowed to do that? We don't know. We don't know. But keep sending us these emails. <laughs> we love them. 
But oh. here, should we try to sing? Uh, should we try to sing some Michael W. Smith to exit this? Sure. And the friends, friends forever. But the Lord, hit the Lord. I don't really know the song. And the friends, <laughs> <laughs> 